Yeah, no, I've I've been so immersed in in the gospel. I've been so gospel minded this week that you know when I came in here this morning, uh, I heard the gospel in in our prayers, in our in our missions. Um, I, I heard it in our songs, uh, and I, I just think we should give uh, a round of applause to the worship team because they're they're really great. They're they they do a really good job here. They choose songs that touch our hearts and and. Um, yeah, it really spoke to me this morning. So last week, Jason shared one of his favorite passages of Scripture, uh, how Jesus was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth and, uh, and uh, how that all played out. Uh, now today, I want to share one of my favorite passages with you. It's, it's Romans 14, and it's in your bulletin, if you want to look. Uh, it's the uh, entire chapter, because I found that the whole chapter works as a co- cohesive whole. Um, Paul's letter to the Romans uh, is a powerful treatise, and the, and the d- doctrine contained in, in Romans 14 is, is just radical. It, it's not what you'd expect, and honestly, it makes me surge with excitement. So I hope my excitement is infectious and uh, gets you revved up about reading the Bible, too. So I'll give you some c- context before we start in. Uh, in. In the this brand new Roman church were brand new Christians made up of uh, converted Jews and Gentiles, okay? And uh, apparently some of the converted Jews simply weren't ready to give up their, their Jewish traditions uh, and, and then just start eating food that had been forbidden to them all their lives. I mean, that's kind of understandable. But it made them liable to, to look across the aisle at the Gentile Christians uh, with resentment, you know, and... And the Gentiles were liable to look at the converted Jews with contempt for not embracing the f- true freedom in Christ like they had. Uh, so there was so much misunderstanding there and so much tension, and uh, Paul addresses this in Romans 14. Now, I, uh, I was trying to come up with a name for the sermon, and uh, you know, I was trying to be clever, so I thought, well, how about, like, wash your faith? Or, uh, I, I want to see your faith. No, no, that's, that's, that's silly. So anyway, I, I, uh, it's not that clever. I, I, I think the working title is uh, Mind Your Own Faith. And if you want to write that down, uh, I, I notice that the whole back page of the bulletin is for notes. So uh, you can, uh, I, I want to see your bulletins afterwards and make sure that you're paying attention. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. So anyway, I, I want to tell you that this entire chapter uh, spoiler alert, is, is about faith. Yeah, the issue at hand was Christians judging, and when I say judging, I mean condemning, other Christians' behaviors. Yet the solution that Paul asserts has to do with faith. There we go. Okay. All right, good. I have three main points to make. So if you walk out of here today with nothing else, my goal is to make sure those three points are drilled into your head. And if that doesn't work, uh, Rick has a, an 18-volt DeWalt in the back, and he'll drill it into your head that way. Uh, so, I'm kidding again. Uh, okay, so, let's begin. Okay, uh, do you want to read this with me? Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. And if you're wondering what disputable matters uh, he means, just read on. Okay. One's, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. Okay, let's stop right there. 
Uh, I want to assure you that Paul is obviously not condemning vegetarians, okay? He's, he's not... Uh, please don't think that he's saying your faith is weak if you're a vegetarian, okay? Because uh, about people... Uh, this is about people abstaining from meat for religious reasons, you know? Uh, like the Jews, uh, who had never touched uh, pork or, or uh, spiced meats or shellfish and, and different things. Um, they, they were doing that for religious reasons, okay? There's all kinds of different reasons to abstain from meat or not. So, anyway, on this issue, you would expect, uh, everyone probably did expect, Paul would write something to unify the church, you know? Uh, a rebuke about not eating meat, uh, and or a command to start eating meat, or, and or gently but firmly coaxing them just to try eating it or something. <laughs> Basically, you'd expect that he'd lay down the law and you'd either, you either obey it or get out because that's how religion works, right? Wrong. No, that's, that, that's, uh, Paul doesn't do that. He doesn't lay down the law, okay? Because we're getting away from the law. He does nothing of the sort. Inspired by the Spirit, what Paul ends up saying is unexpected. And, uh, like I said, it's downright radical. Okay, let's uh, move to the next one. Okay, good. Um, I'll read this. The one who eats meat must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. I think it's fascinating that Paul didn't just say, who are you to judge someone else? Which is what we usually say, right? But by saying someone else's servant, Paul is implying that you are someone's servant who's judging someone else's servant. Do you see that? In that context, I think master means your conscience and their conscience, your, your God-given sense of right and wrong. Uh, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Uh, can all of you say that last sentence with me? Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. This is my first main point, and I want all of you to underline it. Uh, if you have a pen or pencil. Uh, if you don't, just steal one from your neighbor. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I actually have pencils up here if anybody wants a pencil. Does anybody want one? Yeah? All right. Anybody else? It's good. It's good. I've got some good things in the sermon here. You, you'll want to take notes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so again, you'd think both camps would expect Paul just to lay down the law as to which is righteous and which is sinful. Which is it, Paul? Vegetarian or meat eater? Isn't... One sacred, isn't it one sacred day, or are all days sacred now? But no, Paul leaves it open-ended. He's like, whatever you believe, make sure you're fully convinced about it. Now, what does that mean, anyway, um, to be fully convinced? Well, let's see. If being convinced 
of something means you believe it, then being fully convinced must mean beyond a shadow of a doubt you truly believe it. So, so I think what he's saying is really get to know what you believe. Talk to people about it. Get to the bottom of it. Work at it. Work it out. And if it's not working out, maybe it needs to change. Maybe, maybe you know, it's, it's, it's good to examine it. We're on a faith journey here. Now I'm going to start these next sentences, and I want you to finish them. Um, okay, uh, so maybe you'll see a pattern, okay? So let's try this. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. That's right. Whoever eats meat does so Lord for they give thanks to God. That's right. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be Lord of the, both the dead and the living. Amen. This is why Christ died? For this very reason? This is why Christ died. So that he might be your Lord. He might be your Lord, Gilles. He might be your Lord, Rudy. So that he might be your Lord, Gary. He, so that he, uh, he might be my Lord. And not only our Lord, but the Lord of those who have died before us. So we know that when we die, He'll still be our Lord. And He not only died for us, but He conquered death for us and rose again so that He is Lord of all. Amen? You then, why do you treat... Why do you... Sorry, I lost my spot. Why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Who's the judge? That's right. God is the judge. We're not the judges. He is. This is giving you reason not to judge your Christian brothers and sisters. It is written in Isaiah 45, by the way, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, and this is where Paul shifts gears, instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Therefore, nope, <laughs> I am convinced that being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but anyone who regards something as unclean then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Okay, so do you get that? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a great example here, okay? Do not, by your eating, destroy someone who, for whom Christ died. So, like, if you're with someone who's uh, a, a recovering alcoholic, like five years sober, sober, right? Uh, don't 
drink in front of them. <laughs> that would destroy them. The beer that's, that's like nothing to you is quite serious to them. So why distress them? Why, why tempt them and destroy them? Why destroy their, their winning streak of five years sober? Paul says that you're no longer acting in love when you do that. And I agree, it's absolutely not loving to cause anyone to stumble and fall into sin. Or how about this? What if you hear a church friend uh, swearing at somewhere? Automatically, the wheels might start turning in your head. Like, gee, why is this Christian guy using such a poor choice of words? How can, how can such cursing and blessing come out of the same mouth? This is awful. It's so unchristian of them. But, you know, you might not know that his story, right? The, the level of abuse he suffered, uh, the particularly cruel hand he was dealt, what addictions and, and dragons he slayed, yet still has nightmares about. You, you don't know what he's come through, nor would you know why he's always looking over his shoulder, you know? This, this thing about swearing is something he hasn't dealt with, and the Lord isn't finished with him yet, you know? Uh, he's still in survival mode, but, you know, just if you just support him and, and be gracious, uh, that's what he really needs, not, not condemnation. Therefore, um, do not let what you know is good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. This is gorgeous. This line right here, uh, this number 17. I want you to say it with me because I love hearing it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're finally past what we shouldn't focus on. Now, now we're to the best part, the, the, the true focus, the whole point. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? It sounds like the good life. It, it's, uh, he's saying what you eat, drink, read, watch... I don't know, uh, whatever you, you know, this, like physical stuff, it, it isn't the point. People think Christians believe in God just to get to heaven when we die. But no, the kingdom of God is within us right here and now. You know, uh, we've got this great imperative right here to live out righteousness, peace, and joy. Why hold on to contempt and condemnation that's not loving and doesn't matter? Let go of it already. It doesn't lead you where you want to be. Uh, don't don't you want to be in the kingdom of God, in in the Holy Spirit, enjoying the fruits of righteousness and peace? Uh, it, it's available to us. The Lord wants this for us. Um, so if you can have, uh, no wait, you can have it if you if you say yes to Him. If if you just seek it from Him every day, so say Lord, this is what I want. This is I want that, and and yeah, pursue it with your Christian brothers and sisters. Sorry, I'm breathing into this or something. <laughs> okay. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. 
Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. So, so be considerate. That's what he's asking. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Right? Now listen to this. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Wait, what? <laughs> that last line always blows me away. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. This is my third and final main point. Oh, by the way, that second main point. You, you underlined that, right? Okay. This is my third and final <laughs> main point. Ah, uh, yeah, please underline it. Uh, because now, I remember when I was in Bible college, and this was 1998, 99, uh, I started to wonder how to know when something is sinful. You know, especially those gray areas. Uh, sure, there are some things that are obviously sinful, and some explicitly stated as sin, but those gray areas, those disputable matters bugged me. So uh, I was confused, and I just, I would have liked a sort of definition of sin. Uh, well, I was stunned when I found this. It's, it's saying, if you have doubts about eating something, you're, you're condemned if you eat it. Uh, if you're not ready to do something, meaning if your conscience isn't ready, don't do it. Uh, because everything, no matter what it is, everything that does not come from faith is sin. This shows why faith is so important, why knowing what you believe is so crucial to living righteously. So uh, to recap, what were my three main points? I don't even remember if I... If I brought it here. Nope, I didn't. Okay, three main points. Uh, first, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Second is, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And number three, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Let it be said that having questions and doubts in and of itself isn't sinful, okay? You should doubt things that are doubtful. Uh, uh, and asking questions is how you find answers. That, that definition of sin wouldn't have struck me if I hadn't been searching for it. Uh, and listen, nobody starts off fully convinced in, in, of their beliefs. Uh, you know, don't be hard on yourself. You have to work at it and work towards it. And sometimes you come across evidence contrary to what you believe, and you might have a momentary crisis of faith where you have to re-examine what you thought was right. But, but that's a good thing, okay? Don't get down on yourself because your beliefs sh really should be based in truth and in reality. And if you're corrected, hey, that's good. That means that you are that much closer t to the truth on your journey of faith. Challenges are sometimes necessary. Uh, so, so be encouraged, okay? Let's pray. Holy Father, please bless us all on our journeys of faith. For now, our journeys 
intersect here at Balfour Covenant. Please bless your church, O Lord, and bless us to rise to the challenges of working out what it means to live in your community, in the kingdom of God. May we find righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit this week, Father. May your will be done, O Lord. In Christ's name, amen.